Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about some lies Christians hear about money. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're looking at five lies that Christians can be told about money and how we can confront those lies with Bible answers and manage our finances well at the same time. You know, money can affect Christians in lots of different ways. Some people pay too little attention to their finances, while others spend too much time on them. And it's easy to find excuses to justify our spending or saving behaviors, but too often those excuses are built on misconceptions about what the Bible actually says about money. So we need to have a full and accurate picture of what God says and doesn't say about a Christian's finances. You know, we're not necessarily concerned with best practices to get rich or settle debt, but we are going to see how and what we know about biblical practices. So with that in mind, here are five misconceptions Christians hear about money. Misconception number one, I will be prosperous and financially secure if I work hard and have enough faith. And we're told by some that God wants all Christians to prosper. He wants all Christians to be wealthy. And if you aren't prospering, it's because your faith is too small. And while it's true, yes, God will move mountains for the faithful. We never get the impression that God promised Christians the blessing of wealth. In fact, so many of the heroes of faith in scripture that we read about were not particularly wealthy, and many gave up wealth to follow Christ. Jesus himself wasn't rich by comparison to his peers. Paul gave up a seemingly secure financial position and had to seek help from various churches to support his work. Barnabas sold his possessions to supply for his needy friends. You know, Christians are not promised necessarily that they'll be either rich or poor. Either are options. You know, what we are promised is contentment, regardless of the circumstances. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. You know, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So, Perhaps a more accurate biblical perspective is that God gives some people more, others less, to use for him. How or why he makes those decisions is beyond our comprehension, but we can be assured that we can be a mature believer whether we're rich or poor. Misconception number two. It doesn't matter how much money I give to God as long as I give something. You know, most people understand that Christians are to give. Most people agree that we're commanded to give, but when we start to talk about how much, there's less agreement there. Now, to be clear, giving to the church must be done cheerfully and willingly. Otherwise, we fall into the legalism Jesus condemned. But our freedom from the legalism of the law does not mean that we're just free to ignore God's will. Jesus and his disciples showed that freedom from the system of, of regulated tithing didn't mean that Christians shouldn't give generously to the church. In fact, every example we have of Christian generosity 
seems to imply that they were to give far more than what was expected under the law. Romans chapter 12 says that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, and that has to include our finances. Our giving to the work of the Lord should be proportional, generous, and sacrificial. But for too many of us, we're a long way off from that teaching. Studies show that the average person who gives to a church contributes about 2.5% of their income. Less than 5% of people who give to a church give a tenth of what they earn. And we're not bound by the law, but we are bound to have a greater spirit of generosity to God's work on earth. Misconception number three, debt is unavoidable, and so I shouldn't worry about its spiritual consequences. You know, sure, debt is almost ubiquitous these days, and accepting debt in some cases might be appropriate. Scripture doesn't explicitly prohibit borrowing or lending, but listen to what Proverbs 22.7 says about it. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Debt is a form of bondage. The borrower is a slave to the lender. And we know that there are dangers when we have more than one master. Jesus talked about it. So having some debt may be okay, but when the debt reaches a point where it's controlling our decisions, it's controlling our lives, that can have disastrous spiritual implications. So what does that mean practically for how Christians should approach debt? Well, to start, we should be careful about entering debt to begin with. When it's possible, we should avoid that burden. And when we have debt, we should manage it so that it can't control our decisions. Not only will that protect us spiritually, but it's smart practically too. The bottom line though, is that money can never come before Jesus. If something in this world is going to cost enough to hoist a debt on our shoulders that will prevent us from fully serving Jesus, then we don't need that thing, period. Nothing in this world, not food or water or housing, nothing is worth your soul. Misconception number four, God cares more about me having a heart for him than what I do with my money. And sure, God does care about what's in your heart, and he knows that when your heart is right, the right actions follow. James chapter two makes that clear. Verse 14 says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. So yes, God wants your heart to be right, first and foremost. But he also wants your actions to be right. I, I can't tell you what to do with your money to please God. But don't fool yourself into thinking that he doesn't care. When your heart is transformed by the gospel, what you do with your money will change too. You know, God spent a lot of time talking about what we should do with our money in the New Testament because he wanted to warn us how dangerous this misconception is. You know, although the, the dollar amount itself couldn't matter less to God, he can do whatever he needs to do without any of our money, but our humility before him and our willingness to act on that humility that's a big deal. Someone counted and found that there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible about money, more than pretty much anything else. Parables and warnings about money are throughout the scriptures. We're told to avoid the love of money, 1 Timothy 6, to choose God over money in Luke 16, 
to be generous and ready to give in Matthew 6, to put our trust in God and not riches in 1 Timothy 6. We're encouraged to plan and to save in Proverbs 21, 20, to look after the needs of our family and others in, in Hebrews 13, 16. And what we believe about money is important to God, but so are our actions with money. Finally, misconception number five. I shouldn't spend much time managing my finances because God told me not to worry. Once again, this misconception flows from a little bit of truth. God promises to take care of his children in Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 27. That's where Jesus says that we shouldn't worry about what we'll eat or drink or wear. But we don't see in the rest of the New Testament the Christians starving by choice or shedding their clothes. We can and we should work to eat and drink and provide for ourselves. Jesus wanted to be sure that we knew this wasn't our top priority, though. We can be free from worry since we know God will take care of us. But we should also take on our responsibility to work to take care of ourselves and others around us. Don't believe the lie that God doesn't care about what you do with your money. He does because he knows how dangerous the love of money can be and also how dangerous the lack of money can be to our faith. The Bible spends a lot of ink and paper telling us how God expects us to handle our finances. So study the scriptures on your own to see how they apply to your circumstances. Most of all, remember you can only have one true master. Make sure that it's Jesus. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And we look forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.